<laughs> I just die laughing, man. I haven't even done my intro. <laughs> oh, work with Aaron, bro. You know what I'm saying? This guy. Oh, man. my God. Oh, man. I don't think man laughed on one. He had five seconds. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I was trying to firm it as well. Like, that's what went down. Oh. This guy's worse than me at laughing, man. I'm the worst at laughing at things, man. But this guy, Aaron, is the worst, man. Oh, my days. Oh, man. Then I got two joke men that I grew up with, Lana, man. <laughs> oh, man. Anyways, man, listen, man. Welcome back, guys. This is the Beyond the Athlete podcast. I'm joined by Manny, of course. Before we get cracking, make sure you, you know, you do all the good stuff. You subscribe to our Apple podcast. You listen on Spotify. Wherever you get your podcast from. Also, we get going up on YouTube soon, so keep your eyes peeled for that. But yeah, make sure you subscribe, leave some nice comments, make sure you retweet, share, and do all the good stuff. But listen, Manny, mate, how, how have you been? It's been it's been a good week. It's been great, bro. Like I always say, you know, thanking God for mm. more provision, living life. You know, can't complain. Like I always say, you know, always try to stay productive during this. You know, is it even isolation anymore? I don't know, but. Nah, bro. Relaxed isolation periods. Yeah, man, I'm all good, bro. Happy that football is back as well. That's so. true, man. Hey, the last pod, Fraser did, did quite well in terms of feedback. Like, I think Fraser spoke very well on the pod, didn't he? And you say a lot of people kind of picked up what he was saying about a lot of the issues that he spoke about. It's an impressive guy, man. Proper yeah. impressive guy, isn't it? Like, like, I'm, like I said, I've known Fraser for years, man, for... I'm trying to think how old I was. Nine years old, we used to live together in Battersea. So, mm. from all that time, like, you know, seeing him grow up, especially in, in football and outside of it after his retirement, like, he's a, he's a real good guy. And I think you came across really <coughs> everything that he said. So, yeah, man, I wish him all the best for sure. All right, yes, man. All right, listen, man, we, we got a, a special guest again with us today. Wait, how do I start this intro, man? Two time player of the year. Come Last on. season at Northampton, this season at Shrewsbury Town. Come of on. course, it's Aaron Pierre. Aaron, my guy. How are you? How you doing? <laughs> <laughs> For those you can't see right now, this guy's got... <laughs> what is that? WWE. Oh, yeah, yeah, you know about this. I've got the John Cena belt around his shoulder. Hey, this guy's a fool, man. Hey, that's too funny. I was thinking, why is he silent? I've done this big oh. intro. He's silent. This guy's got a WWE belt around his shoulder. Oh, I'm fake holding it as well. Hey, how you doing? How you doing purchase by the way is that is that a modern purchase you have that for hey listen i thought you were getting the big thing here it's the baby size bro <laughs> <laughs> i try to wrap it around my waist yeah, yeah, like, yeah, oh, so i just man. have to hang it over my shoulder it's fine that's nah, cool man anyway listen congratulations brother thank you very much man appreciate so obviously that. like do you know what i mean two different clubs two different player the years you know what what's the secret to the success there um consistency and um, just setting goals for yourself. Mm. So within the last two, two and a half years, what I did, what I've done was um, I bought like a board, a whiteboard. Mm. Because I think I watched uh, a clip of uh, one of the motivational speakers just be like, write down your goals and do ones that you want short term, do what, do what you want um, long term. And once you achieve the short term goals, so wipe it out, clean it out and start mm. again. Mm. And then, like, and then start building and like 
link the short-term goals to your long-term goals. Like, I still have it to this day. Like, I switch up every season. But, like, mm. and, and this is what I've done. And, like, and... Um, what, what, what's on there at the moment, then? What have you got on there now? Well, before... <coughs> so, like, clean sheets, amount of goals I want to do, how many times I'm going to be working out, like, in a week, the amount, amount of games I want to play, the, the weight that I want to be at. Um, and then just, like, underneath it, it's just, like, just motivational speeches, like, when you believe you will achieve, <clears throat> um, make it happen, let's go, champ. Do you know what I mean? Just, just mm-hmm. like individual bits just to get me going in the morning and stuff. Like, other people do it different ways. Some people just listen to, like, music just to get them pumped and that kind of stuff. Like, I do both. I, I listen to music, um, especially towards the game, like, aggressive music because, in my mind, I'm like, <laughs> I need to be, like, that aggressive, dominated kind of player and stuff. But um, I listen to, like, Eric Thomas a lot um, and other people. And, yeah, like, ever since I started doing that, like, more goals has come in the last two years than I have pretty much most of my whole career. Um, important goals as well because I feel more confident. Just like, not I'm not overthinking it. I just do it. Mm. And so, um, that comes from though, like, is it just <clears throat> writing it down or the visualizing, or is it is there one specific thing that you think that made the massive change, or is it all these little things added together? I think it's all little things add together because I think the personnel around me that. Have more like have faith in me and like see me as a a dominant figure for me to be like, all right, cool. We know that you can do this. Like, do more. Let's go. Like, carry on, kind of thing. Like, get us like get us out of like a sticky situation and stuff like that. So I guess it, upon me, like I'm always gonna be like, ah, oh, it's my duty to do this because like I don't like losing. I despise losing like anyone else would. So like the motivation is like oh, I have to do something different. <clears throat> I, have to, I, have to, I have to do this. I have to do something different to make me stand out to everyone else. Especially, like, especially, not necessarily just like midfielders or strikers or anything because I can, only have, I can only look at people in my own position <coughs> I do better than them and make sure that I'm more dominant than they are, like um, with oppositions and whatnot. <clears throat> so if I can do that and I can affect that, then that's my job done. And then I can just build from that. So that's where clean sheets come into it. Because mm. if, I, if I do what I do best and bully, bully the strikers and um, stop them from creating chances or minimising their chances, then that's my job because the end product will be a clean sheet more likely. Do you know what I mean? So then that's, that's the only benefit in the team. And the more the team benefits, the better it looks for me. So. I hear that, man. In terms of like, like mental toughness and that, Probably one for both of you as well, because I know Manny, you do a lot on that as well. Like, <clears throat> how, what 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 would you say the kind of percentages in terms of like mental, the mental side of the game to the kind of technical and physical side? Like, how would you kind of, if you were to kind of put it into percentages, like what would you attribute to each section? Oh, oh, is that you? Am I going first or Manny? whoever wants to take the floor? Uh, Manny, I want you to go first because you're like a midfielder, so. My, my opinion will be different to yours. Yeah, I think that is, I would say about 90%. So actually, Port Vale, we did a exercise in pre-season where a guy called, his name was Watt something, like an older older gentleman. Um, he's coach, Tiger Woods, like his mentality stuff. So he's got a lot, he's coached a lot of people. So he got us writing down about 10 things 
that you would need to succeed, basically, like, you know, whether it be skill, technique, determination, <clears throat> the above, basically. And then he said, all right, now, out of these 10 things, write down next to them, which one is mental, which one is um, physical. And we had about, I want to say about eight out of 10 that were mental. So it kind of showed that this uh, football, making it in football is, I would say, probably 80, 85% mental because anyone can have the physical ability, but it's the determination, the hard work to graft through the hard times, you know, to be consistent, like Aaron was saying. All those things are mental. All those things are easy to not do. So I would say that, yeah, I would say about 85% of it is mental. And if you can kind of, like you said, you see loads of players that aren't very talented, but they've got the drive, they've got the mentality, and you can make a career from that. So yeah, I'll go 85% for me. Yeah, I'll, I'll agree on that. Because you, there, there are teams, um, some now, but some like way before, before um, we became professionals and stuff like there are <clears throat> there are teams that are just bullies. So there ain't no there ain't really no like technical attributes within them because all they're doing is hitting channels and running and dominating kind of thing and beating up teams. And you can still get promoted from that. Do you know what I mean? So it's just a mentality, it's just mm. a mentality of everyone being on the same page and everyone backing each other. And it's like a community, like it's a team, it's a team effort. Whereas that mm. like, te- technical side of things, it looks good, it looks pretty, but in playoffs, for example, Exeter has more ability than, like, technical ability than Northampton did, but you, you saw what happened. They got dominated completely by Northampton because of, hard, not necessarily, not pretty football, but it's effective football. And it's the mentality that everyone was on the same page and they literally ran them to the ground to the extent where they didn't have, they lost belief in what they were doing. And you mm. can see it on the pitch. So, it's definitely, it's definitely like a, it, 85 90%, I believe, as well. Yeah, <clears throat> agrees, man. even Stoke, for example. Mm. Stoke, there were stages where Stoke was beating up Liverpool and beating up all these big teams as well. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. And, and Stoke was just a big lump team that would just had the same mindset like everyone just knew what they had to do and just do it. Hey, no, don't, don't, don't be mentioning Stoke too much of our money. Port Vale rivalry and that. Oh, oh, yeah. They're ops, man. I'm Port Vale. Like, <laughs> you can say what you want about them, innit? Hey, did, did, didn't he beat them this season? No, last season, man. But it was, oh, yeah. it was like the 23s, innit? So, yeah. I'll take it, man. Take the, take the, yeah. take the W, bro. Yeah, yeah. You, have, you, have to, uh, yeah, yeah well. you have to two-foot them sometimes, you know. <laughs> <laughs> them man don't know about the, the, the struggle that we had to get through. Like, they get through it differently now compared to how we were grafty, you know. Through the trenches, we had to go through. You and Russell up. Yeah. <laughs> that Remember that pre-season in Germany? In Germany. Oh, my God. Nah, Wait, what what, what did you even have to do? Oh, yeah, sure. He was running up mountains, bro. Exactly. Mountains. I told people they still don't understand, you know. They don't. They don't. Bro, that was one of the worst pre-seasons I ever. That was probably the worst pre-season I ever done in my 100%, life. 100. percent You had to carry people as well. You had to carry your partner. Carry the bag. What kind of army training is this, man? Yeah, it was different, bro. It was yeah, different. Dude, and how, how it all started, yeah. We got lied to. We were meant to. Go, we were saying we was meant to go to the beach or some like place giving up. Yeah. Next minute, yeah, some big. Butch guys, yeah, just rolled up from the bus, yeah, stopped the bus, rolled up on it, yeah, starts grabbing people. 
And obviously me, I'm thinking, who's this guy? I think we're just getting bombarded now. So obviously I started moving mad like that. Like, what are you doing? I'll get off me. You know what I mean? I'm thinking, I ain't getting robbed out here. Like, what what we on kind of thing? But then even Rodman's like, get off the bus, get off the bus. And I'm just like, all right. And then me and I do push-ups on the road, you know? Push-ups, sit-ups in the water, in the lake, everything. I was just like, run. I said that violating my life right now. Yeah, it was it was good. It was a great great experience overall. But like, yeah, it's it's good to look back on, isn't it? I'm guessing at the time you're no, not like, thinking at the time like you're just like, no, I'm vexed out here, bro. And then we had to run three hours to go and run up mountains and that. No, I'm vexed. Out. <laughs> <laughs> I said it once. I had a transfer request there and then. Oh, was that me? Was I dreaming? What's up? Remember that big dog or something at the top of the mountain? Oh, you're yeah, top of the mountain. That water, and they're howling and that. And oh, everyone has to howl and then run all the way back down. No, nah, it was. <laughs> I just got a dream when I thought about them. No, no, no. There was two. There was two of them. That's some wolf, like Game of Thrones or something. I was like, no. Yeah, and the Vikings and that. Was, yeah. Listen, okay. They were dressed up like Vikings, bro. Whoever was on that preseason, they were there. Hey. Yeah, yeah. I was creasing. Creasing. Oh, and they're howling as well, you know. <laughs> Big, big humans are howling. Yeah. The dog is looking at them like, huh? <laughs> well, how you been during isolation? Oh man. Um, yeah, like I've been, I've been good. Like, bought a couple of, couple of things to, to keep me fit and stuff. Like, I bought myself a bike. Um, I borrowed some of the gym equipment from, from the club and stuff. So, got a garden. So, cause it was sunny and that, just bang it out. Euro training. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, do you know what I mean? So that was the right. Nah, listen, man, it's got to, bro. It's got to, man. But what we like to do, we like to take it back to the beginning in terms of your career and whatnot. So yeah. for you, where, where, did, where did it begin for you, for those who don't know? Um, started at Sunday League team, like Hayes, playing against you. You were, you were our biggest rivals back then, Rice at Rangers yeah, and that. Come on. Um, me, yeah, so. Um, Played, well, my team was better. We used to win the league. <laughs> but they always used to push What's up, this guy it? talking about, bro? <laughs> we used to win the league always, every year, but you was close, innit? There was one year you might have won. Big cheap, bro. Like, <laughs> like, one, like, maybe like one of the six years that we was competing that you might have won. Mm. Well, it's Listen, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to let you lie, just so, because <laughs> you know, obviously you're a guest, innit? So we'll let you kind of get that, but I know the facts, innit? I know the facts. Yeah. <laughs> And then um, got picked up. Like, I had different, like, clubs that came in for me at the t- at stage. Um, but then I officially moved to Fulham and, like, went through the ranks there. Um, ended up leaving Fulham, not getting a pro. And uh, went to Brentford, got a pro there. And my, my ambition was there um, to get my debut by the age of 18. And I was lucky to achieve that against Southend. Um, Britt was playing them times as well when he was on loan now. And uh, yeah, done that. And then there was a phase where I was obviously with Manny and um, Jake Creeves, who was another another key player from the youngsters. And like, we was in and around the first team, and we was trying to like collect, like gain as many like games as possible and stuff. Some got more than others, like Manny. Man was Manny got um, a lump sum. I got a bit, and Reedy was in and around, and he got a lump sum as well. Um, and then obviously went on loan to Wickham, helped them stay up from relegation that year. And then um, 
the following season, I end up joining them and signing for them for on a three-year contract. End up getting to playoffs uh, final. And tragically, we was winning the game until like the last minute of, what, less than last minute, like 20 seconds. And then an extra time. And then they scored. And then we lost some pennies, which is like, the biggest upset in my life um, in football. Yeah, political. Don't worry, man. We'll, we'll come on to that in, in more detail. Yeah, man. Don't yeah. worry. I, don't, I don't mean to re- re- relive that pain, but we will come into that in detail. Emotional on that, man. Yeah, man. But, you, see, you see at Fulham, who, who did you play with? Who, In terms of who's made it from from your kind of age group? You know what the maddest thing is? There's, there's not a lot. Maybe Kurum Fry, Marcus Bettinelli, who's actually... I don't know if he's second choice goalkeeper. I think he's second choice goalkeeper now for Fulham. Mm. Um, but other than a couple of players, I went to Sweden to play. But no one really. Only pro- probably Krum Fry. He, he had a spell at Birmingham, but he's mm. more in Turkey now. Mm. I think he's in Turkey. And Marcello Trotter, but he's in um, uh, Serie B. Oh, um, wow. Yeah. Well, why, why do you think it is then? What, what do you think is the kind of difference? Or like, what do you think you did as compared to them? Because I know like, even mm-hmm. during your time at Fulham, even though you didn't get pro there, you did do a lot of extra work though, didn't you? So like, in terms of extra sessions and stuff like that. Like, did you see the other players doing that? Or was that something that you just wanted to take responsibility with and like, take charge of your own game kind of thing? I mean, some some were doing extras um, and some were just gold, golden the golden players, so they get away with a lot of stuff. Do you know what I mean? And um, I guess the fact that I got released from Fulham, probably that's the best thing, even though it hurt me so much because I was there from the age of 11 uh, and I left in when I was 18. So I was there for a long period of time. So I felt comfortable and I felt loved there. So for me to get turned away, like that hurt me. So I think at that stage, I was just like angry in a sense where, my mentality is like, I'm going to prove you wrong. Do you know what I mean? Mm. So then throughout that whole process, I was just like, yeah, one day I'm going to compete. I'm going to play against Fulham. I'm going to prove them wrong. Prove them wrong and stuff like that. So then that's always been my mindset of like, doing more mm. and making sure that like, I'm doing, being aggressive. So when strikers come, I'm like, I'm just being aggressive with them straight away. Like I'm always aggressive. But mm-hmm. early stages in life, like when I actually joined Wickham, I was picking up with yellow cards and stuff like a bit too much. But then um, obviously as I got older, I learned from mistakes and learned from obviously playing the game because a lot of them play, play the referee very well and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Like, so I had to pick that up real quick. But um, yeah, I don't, I don't regret leaving um, Fulham out because mm-hmm. out of all of them, even though they might have been in and around the first team and whatnot at that stage, not a lot of them are playing football right now. And there was loads of players that had bundles of ability that should have played first team, do you know what I mean? Mm. Like, um, I don't want to even just drop names like that because I don't want to, like, disrespect them or anything like that. Like, well, like, say Matthew Briggs. I looked up to Matthew Briggs like you wouldn't believe because, obviously, he's left-footed, big. He played for England um, in the ranks and stuff. And he was the youngest um, to play in the Premier League at the stage. Mm-hmm. He was young. He was, like, 16, wasn't he? Yeah. So, someone that you actually know that plays in your position and you played alongside with, you're always going to idolise that person because you're like, all right, cool, you've, you've seen it, you've, you've experienced it, you've done it. So now I want to be you. And then um, 
uh, who else is there? Troy Brown, he was at Exeter as well. Mm. He's playing for Wales. Mm. Do you know what I mean? So all these players that I'm playing beside or um, training with, they're doing things that I want to do. They, they, they're pushing themselves to levels where I'm like, I need to get there. So when I'm in that, in that mindset and I'm training with you and I'm doing better, well, not necessarily better at that stage, but obviously progressively um, I've done that. I'm thinking, no, nah, I need to, I need to be like him. I need to be like him. I need to do more than him. And when I got to that stage where I'm on par, I just like, no, nah, I need to blow them out of the water. Now. Do you know what I mean? Like, I need to push myself to a level where I'm like, I'm idolizing uh, Virgil van Dijk now and, and like Sol Campbell and all these legends. Like, what are they doing that I need to like replicate? Do you know what I mean? Like, what would you say? You know, because you really highlighted, you know, his potential and you know all the stuff he was doing when he was young. Because I remember him when I was young, when I was younger as well. Like, I was like, oh, he he was massive, bro. So, what do you think went wrong in terms of that? <sighs> Obviously, like I said, not trying to like you know throw him under the bus. No, or... no, I, I, I've got huge, huge respect for him because like he he was, I guess he was a reason why I pushed myself to a level because he was the breakthrough. Do you know what I mean? So everyone in the academy level looked up to him. It's like, and I was probably one of his biggest fans. Like, I'll, I'll say personally, but um, I think you have to be more aggressive with it. You have to be aggressive. You need to be dominant and stuff like that. And he was a ball playing defender. Do you know what I mean? So I don't know if he really wanted to be the aggressor or being because mm. he he was big, he's quick, and everything like that. But I never really saw him go in the challenge. Do you know what I mean? And never really see him like crunch a player, like, do you mm. know what I mean? So I don't know. I guess his mentality as well. I don't know how he took criticisms or anything like that, like, because that takes yeah. a massive toll on people. They're not mm. mentally strong enough, like, we, like we've had a conversation about already. Mm. So I don't yeah, know. But it's sad to see. It's, it's honestly sad to see with him because he was, like I said, like such a big figure in my life at the stage of, of progressing and stuff for I don't, I don't know if he plays football now or not I'm not too sure so Manny was a striker you know yeah, so, yeah. So Chelsea, Chelsea, Chelsea was like the first um, pro club that came in for me and I was in trial and I was nervous and like when I played obviously Billy Clifford and uh, Manny Manny was just bagging in goals Manny and Elliot up top yeah it was mad <laughs> mad they both looked the same just two like do you know what I mean York and Cold just up top, just it, yeah. just finishing, just bagging, bagging. Under tens, bro. Under tens, I was like Pele, bro. bro. <laughs> I couldn't believe it. I was thinking, yo, how many goals is this guy gonna score, bro? Like yeah. there was, there was stages. I'm thinking, bro, he's on a hat trick now. <laughs> he's, got, he's got five goals now. Bro, bro, he's just scoring. Like we used to win, like. 13 nil to some teams and that. and I didn't even do anything. I just stood there. So how so how am I meant to impress if I don't even have the ball to give like you know what I mean? That's crazy, tricks bro. and step overs and that like do you know what I mean? Yeah, and now now it's a DM. How'd that happen? Yeah man, listen, same way that you went from striker to right back. It gets like that sometimes. Yeah, it's true, it's true. It listen, like man. Right back at home, bruv. That's where I am now. But anyway, anyway, man. Wait, you're a right back now? Nah, 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 no, 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 I was, I was, but it is, it's, it's, it's not about me, bro. It's about you. This why I got you on the pod. So, I mean, so anyway, man, yeah, let's crack on. So, 
obviously, so what was it? Karim Faye, Marcello Trotter, anyone else who kind of you played with? Mark, like I said, Mark is better than Lee. Mm. Um, uh, Keanu Brown? Keanu. Keanu made that, yeah. Keanu made it, yeah. Yeah, he's only he, he's, a, he's another he was another big player that should have that should have been higher because yeah, the way that he used to just like skid past players like he used to just cruise past them like he was a joke like do you know there's like people that show that they're just rapid and stuff like that but he was quick but he just used to do you know what I mean just graze past people like and just whip it in or something like that like he was sick mm-hmm. and like so he he him again like he was in the Briggsy bracket because like he was playing for England as well and he was like another golden child in the in the youth setup as well so I was just thinking yo like Keanu Keanu's sick like Alex Smith sick there was a small guy called Junior and Herman 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 Herman's a legend in the game man legend man legend but like yeah and then Obviously, when when you when you leave such a big club, um, people think, oh, like, don't worry, I'm just gonna get another Premier Club, or don't worry, mm. uh, you're gonna get like a big champion, you're gonna end up playing first team. But it's not like that at all. And some people find out the hard way, especially when and like a lot of mo- like money comes into it as well. Because when you come to some big clubs, when you're like getting raped in an early age, like you can be like. I don't know, like 18 and you can be on like five, six bags a week or even more. And then when you get released and you go to a champ or league one team, they don't, they, they can't pay them kind of thing. So then your mindset is like, right, I ain't going there because they, they're paying me 1500 now. What's that? Do you mm-hmm. know what I mean? Like, nah, nah. So then they end up trying to go abroad to, um, let's, let's say Belgium. They're playing like the first division in Belgium, like a, like by a lower team. And it doesn't work out for them. Then they try to come back to England, and then they're like, "Well, what have you done for the last like year and a half?" Like, do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So then, and that's how people drop off, like because it's hard to when you leave England, unless it's like you're you going to France, Spain, or Italy. Really, mm. you're not you're not or, or Germany. Yeah, so really like, you're, not, you're not you're not really doing anything. That's why mm. when when some players go to like Asia and they want to come back. It's hard for them to come back to to be established again. Do you know what I mean? Do you think that you know, <clears throat> back on your career in your Fulham days, you know, uh, I would say like you know, being in the middle of the pack, not being you know like uh, Briggsy level or Keanu level, where you know they're looking at you as you know you're gonna break through playing for England. Do you think that being where you were, you know, kind of just under them, helped you mold your career, mold your kind of work career and your mindset? Hundred percent, hundred percent, because. You always, again, like had goals. You always wanted to get to that level. You always wanted to be like them. But because they're all like, so there's no pressure on me because they like, I, I believe that I was thought of quite highly before obviously I got released and that. I thought, I, I think I've been thought of quite highly in that, in that um, remark, but not as much as them. Do you know what I mean? So then they see me as a potential to get to there, but you need to work harder to do that. Do you know what I mean? So once I've had like one-on-one conversations, I had Mark Pembridge as a as a coach, and he likes me. So me and him had good like good conversation on what to do and what I need to improve on and stuff like that. And because he's been in the game 
for a long time and I got on with him, it's easy for me to be like, all right, cool, I'm not going to let you down. Mm. I'm just going to, I'm just going to keep grafting and grafting. And unfortunately, like it just wasn't enough at that stage. But a couple of years later, it happened to Briggsy, it happened to Keanu, it happened to other people. So like from being golden people, golden boys throughout the setup and then getting lost, then getting like released and stuff like that, I think it's a lot worse for them than it was for me mm. because they saw me potentially doing what I need to do and then getting rid of me. But then I was doing the same thing, but at Brentford at the stage. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And, and I'm, more, I'm more likely to get like a little handout at a lower club than I would be at a Premier League club at the time. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? Nah, of course, man. So go, growing up, who were your biggest influences? Um, I'm thinking both on and off the pitch, like away from football, but also at football as well. Who were the ones that kind of molded your early career? Um, obviously like my dad like my dad used to drive me everywhere just to even get me to play a game like sometimes he would take like he would take me to Norwich he would take me to Birmingham he would take me to Leicester like you don't actually understand like how much some parents like put like want to push you and take you to these locations because they want you to do well and stuff and it's taken a lot of time out there their day especially my dad because I had an older sister that was doing athletics at the time, do you know what I mean? That was one of the fastest in the country. So he was doing it for her. And then next minute, little old me is coming and doing the same thing. So now from being up in Manchester, he has to come all the way back down for me for him to take me to Birmingham or, or Southampton or Portsmouth, do you know what I mean? So it's a lot of dedication for, for my parents' side of things. Um, family, making sure that like I'm grounded, make sure that I'm dedicating and concentrating on, on what I actually want to do. Um, Mark Pembridge, like I said, like he's always been like a key person for me um, at Fulham especially. Um, yeah, and just my peers, like just motivation, making them, once once someone believes in me, it's like, all right, cool, I don't want to let you down because you put so much faith in me. And making people, improving people wrong. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? Haters, if you want to go to them like, do you know what I mean? Of course, yes. Yeah, that's the that's rule. Shout out to all the parents, you know, that are working hard because you know my mom did the exact same thing, you know. Yeah, Norwich. Like now that I drive and all, I'm thinking, mate, the petrol she must have. <laughs> you know what I mean? I'm thinking, raw, like it's a madness. Like coming back in the car, muddy boots. Like I don't even know if I would be able to do all that. Like, but, mm. like all the parents, you know. Big shout hey, but hey, standing outside when it's raining and cold and that kind of stuff, like. Like just to sit in the just sitting in the stadium is peak as it is. Do you know what I mean? Like exactly. them, like, standing outside, hellstone, all these kind of conditions. Mm. Nah, man. Shout out to them, man. All the parents, man, for real. Yeah. Uh, so obviously now you you know you're a professional footballer. Back in the day, did you always know that you wanted to be a professional? Rapid as well, and you know you could have done sprinting if you wanted to. Yeah, it- I could. I could. That would have been my my second choice because, like I said, my family's football but very athletic at the same time um i spoke about my sister being the fastest in the country at one stage um and then my younger sister was like top 10 i think in shot put and discus and then like like the young age of that after football like see hundreds and i think i did it in two as well i'm not too sure about two 
but I definitely did it in like 400. All of a sudden, I went to English schools and I competed like that for, for Middlesex. So, um, yeah, that, that could have been a possibility, but my love was for football. Like, athletics was like the hobby, but my love was football, 100%. Yeah. So. I could definitely see you doing both, like, because you, even to this day, like, I always tell people when we play you, don't put him behind for this guy, like, <laughs> not going to run him, and I ain't going to play it to your feet for you to hold it up, because, I mean, I ain't going to play it to you in the air to hold up, because he's going to head it's it. going to eat you, yeah, it's going to just eat you alive. You play one touch and spin and try a thing, that's what I tell my strikers when they play you. Cause... <laughs> well, well, there's the thing, like, this is what you want oppositions to be thinking of you, you want to give like first impression, like a good impression the first time, so they know the second time they don't want to do it. So it makes my life easier. Do you know what I mean? So if someone does it, I used to tell, I used to tell players, uh, strikers, you know, go on the other side before I, like, I, I snap you in it. Just sight them up, make them intimidate them like that. And if I knew like uh, one of their teammates who I played with, I'll be like, yo, Manny, talk to a guy. In- those mind games, yeah. Well, it has, it has to, you have to play the game. Yeah, of course, man. So, listen, obviously, so, we talk about, talk about Fulham, Brentford, obviously, Wickham, where you, that you've done well. How, how did the move to Shrewsbury come about then? Because, obviously, you had Northampton for a little bit, and then you, obviously, went to Shrewsbury. Like, what was the, what was the story behind that deal? Um, well, I believe they came in for me in January, Shrewsbury, but then the club just um, disregarded it, said no straight away. Um, and Keith Curls was ma- uh, manager them. Well, he's still manager now, but he he recently took over them times there. Gave me the captain ban, which was like obviously a great honor. Like it was awesome actually. And then like from then, start kicking on, um, start scoring more goals, and we end up like being just outside playoffs at them stages there. But then obviously we we drift off near the end. But um, he's another one that was um a great manager to me like he's a good friend like um congratulated him uh for their promotion the other day and i said good luck before the playoffs actually started and stuff but but he is another one that played in my position which is key Mm. gave me like um helpful notes and helpful directions just to make my life easier like my game easier and just to reassure me regularly like i'm a big present i need to use it more and more and like be more vocal and stuff like that. Like, like it, as easy as it's, it's said, like it's harder to do. Do you know what I mean? So, but he's saying like, you got it. Like if, if you want to, like if you want people to listen, like your big presence. And I, I there was only like two awards that I didn't win. A ridiculous goalkeeper, like he's unreal. Technically sound and golden season, which was Sam Hoskins. Everything else, like I won that year. So, which was um pretty cool. And then um, Shrewsbury came in for me again and then went to go and see Sam Ricketts, which is my gaffer now. And it's a, it's a good club. It's a very good club. It's a family club, um, well run. And a lot of people show love very quickly. And um, yeah, and from the first game against Portsmouth, we won 1-0, um, had a decent game. And from then, like, it's been a great combination like between us, a great connection. Like, I love that man. Mm. So obviously, you had you had a good season. Um, obviously, we spoke about at the top. We're going to do a couple of your your big games and that. Obviously, we spoke about Wickham, 
um, in the, getting to the playoff uh, final. Yeah. You talk about the FA Cup run, talk about Bristol City. So, you play your first leg, you enter a draw. Talk to me about second leg now because obviously it's a night game, got a big club coming to your home stadium. What were your thoughts going into the game? What was the like? What, what was the, what was the manager saying? What were the players saying? What, what were you saying? Like, kind of going into that because obviously it's a massive game, a lot happened. But what was it like in the build-up? Um, obviously, obviously hearing that. Um, I thought I thought Wickham scored again. No, but um, obviously it's a must-win game. So the preparation was normal. Um, we drew with them at their ground and we believe that we should have won so that gives us confidence to go into the second game um, yeah, I think they had like an underbelly like they, they were obviously won them technical sides but didn't have like a lot of aggression so we knew that if we put on them early on and create chances and stuff like they'll, they'll I mean they'll give us chances uh, we just need to be putting it away so and it's a must-win game. Like, who doesn't want to play against Liverpool? He wants. He doesn't want to go to the next round. So I think that was like a massive part in that as well, because mm. you're playing against the best team in the world at that stage. Do you know what I mean? Well, it, at this well, right now. So um, yeah, yeah, and it, it was a good game, very good game. It was. Um, we didn't have much of the ball, obviously, because. They're like the the tiki taka kind of team. They they're gonna dominate and stuff. But when we got the ball, we broke on them very quickly. And I think that was mm-hmm. our major threat. It's like mm-hmm. you can have the ball you want, but as soon as we get it, we're going for it. Like we just keep going for it. And it was just like a end to end kind of thing. Mm-hmm. But um, when it was getting closer to ninety minutes, it felt like it kind of felt like they were controlling a lot more than what they were in like throughout the game mm. and um, they were pinning us, pinning us in and it seemed like we were starting to like fatigue a little bit because we played like a lot of games these times here remember and um, but yeah and then it got played out we, we, we gained percentages in their final third we end up getting a throw in throw in goes to our right back the right back our wing back sorry um, comes in he play, ends up playing it to me and I'm in like the middle of the pitch at this stage but like yeah, now, why, why, why were you so high up <clears throat> you I, I, I've never seen you that high up the pitch before <laughs> nah in a minute like, like progressively like stuff like progressively like trying to drag through a lot more like find little pockets and stuff like that's like one of the things that's on my board is is to do so um, but yeah we was going for it at this stage because it's co- close to 90 minutes so there's nothing to lose unless like we go to extra time and then it is what it is after that. Um, so end up getting the ball. Saw Jason Cummings like peeled to the side, and they end up running past um, who was the guy? Casey Palmer. And I don't even think Jason wanted to give him the ball back. <laughs> I don't. I don't. I honestly don't know if he wanted to give him the ball back because he was looking to go um, go to the right when I was shouting passing the ball set set set. So I don't know if it was like a ricochet, but either way, he came back to me. And I'm like, no, I'm like just outside the box or like 10 whatever yards outside the box, 20 yards out of the box. And I saw a gap and I was just like, do you know what? Jesus, take the will. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I've had this conversation with um, when I was on BBC talking about it. Like, it's probably like the sweetest strike I've ever had in my life. Mm. And, what, and what a day to, to do it. 
Mm. And like next stage, obviously we're playing Liverpool and stuff. And oh, a lot of a lot of the Shrewsbury fans, their Premier League teams is Liverpool because Liverpool's not that far from us. It's like mm. I guess like an hour or a bit away. Mm. So yeah, so when that happened, like fans went crazy. Mm. After the game, fans went crazy. Oh, God, pitch like, invasion and that. Do you know what I mean? Like, but yeah. it, it's it's an amazing, amazing feeling. Oh, amazing of course, feeling. Man. And then obviously you, you, you played Liverpool and you play Liverpool the next in their next round, hold them to a draw at home. And I mean that was a great game as well, wasn't it? I mean, like I said they brought a couple of their youngsters down. But yeah. you, you know, it Curtis Jones in particular, very impressive. Like they, they were still popping it about, but as you say you kind of you held them to a draw, which was great. What was it like yeah. going to Anfield, man? What was it like going up there, playing playing Anfield, full stadium? Uh it was Amazing, actually. Well, when you got, you know, when you like, walk on to the pitch and like, like embrace like the surroundings and stuff, like, I'm, I'm thinking, yo, like, I'm at Anfield right now, you know. Like Anfield, Steven Gerrard used to kick ball in this pitch, you know. <laughs> like, do, do you know how mad that is, like. So, yeah, it, it was just like a, a tick on my list because I've always wanted to play at the United grounds, at mm. Liverpool's ground. I already played at Chelsea's ground. Um, and like the next one might be Emirates or whatever. Like, you know, everyone wants to play in these big, big stadiums and stuff mm. for that. But Anfield, for whatever reason, was like the number one mm. place I wanted to play. And then when obviously got the opportunity to and stuff, like I was just like, yeah. Like now I want, now I want to be in these kind of surroundings like all the time. Do you know what I mean? So again, it's just another aim, another ambition. And stuff like Makes that. you hungry, isn't it? Yeah, man. Like, you see how nice the carpet was? Hey, it's carpet, you know. That pit was crazy. <laughs> I've never seen, I didn't see any bubbles. Any bubbles. So anything that happens there, yeah, you can't look down and be like, what's going on here? Yeah, you know yeah, I mean? yeah. Do you know what I mean? It was uh, tidy, bro. Tidy. I couldn't believe it. <laughs> You know, you know what though, like obviously going into that game, there was controversy, wasn't there? Because there was a lot of talk about Liverpool playing, like what team were they going to play? Because they were involved in other competitions. Like, what was it like as a squad when they said they weren't going to play their first team? Like, how did you guys feel? Like, did you feel a bit? Like, did you not care? Did you think okay, playing the youngsters might have more of a chance, or did you feel disrespected that they didn't want to play their their full team? Like, what what was the conversations going on? You're in? Obviously, you want to play against the best team. If you're going to lose, you want to lose against the very best and stuff like that. But at the end of the day, like if that's the decision, like we can't really change that. So we can only play what's in front of us. And um, yeah, like we we play the youngsters, but let, let's let's get things straight. Like these youngsters will probably beat most League One teams itself. Do you know what I mean? Mm. Because. They, they follow the same philosophy as the first team. So they train the same way as the first team, who are the best team in the world at least, like right now. So they had like the same structure and everything like that. But obviously they're just younger, but you've got a lot of like talented youngsters like Elliot Stair. Um, I don't even want to mispronounce any of the other guys' names and that because then it's a bit mad. But, um, but there's, there's what, four or five key plays there that are pushing and knocking on the first team's door. So you know it's not like a, an easy game, do you know what I mean? Because mm. um, they're, all, they're all smart. They're all like little like one-two kind of players and stuff, and they're very good dribblers. So it was never the case where we just thought, like, cool, we're just going to beat them up now, like, do you know what I mean? <laughs> you, have to, you have to get the ball first from them. So, um, yeah, yeah. But I think that um, 
at Anfield, I think we gave them a lot of respect because we're on their turf, mm. as if we're playing the first team. And um, obviously, when you're in them kind of surroundings, the crowd gets you going itself. Mm-hmm. So they already had they already had like backup from them mm. to to pop it and do nice little things. And Anfield's an intimidating place to go to, as much as it's it's an amazing ground. But when you have like all these people singing and all that kind of stuff, like mm. it's 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 a it's an intimidating place. So, well, everyone says, don't they? Though those you know those you know famous nights at Anfield, don't they? When you never walk alone, mm. blaring out, and you oh. even see the best of best of teams like, like crumbling. You even you know, see Barcelona last season, you know, three 0 up, completely bottled it. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. They, yeah. they had the anthem and they just didn't want it. So happens to the best of teams, man. Yeah. But then, like, second half, like, at half-time and stuff, like, we got a massive telling off, saying that we're, we're just letting them do what they want. So, we don't even do that in, in the league. Do you know what I mean? So, like, what are we doing? So, um, second half. Even though, like, again, like, our, we were physically just, like, draining, draining out, like, because we played X amount of games. These these play, young players... They don't play as much as we do, do you know what I mean? So they're they're pretty much fresh as as you can be. So that took another toll on it. But then like we started putting you can tell that they were fatiguing and tiring. And we started putting more pressure on them. We would be more aggressive in the final third, we'd do more things. And we even scored like nah, like so our, our goal that was disallowed from VR, which shouldn't have happened considering we didn't actually play uh, in the first leg. Um, oh yeah, of course, yeah, 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 yeah. So that that was like a massive uproar about that. But like, our our goal that got disallowed was based on a a small like an ankle or like a baby toe. Um, from two minutes before we actually scored a goal, so obviously we gained percentage in there. I put the ball in the channel. We done like a little one-two, whatever, and then got whipped in. And um, Sean Morley, who's actually a diehard Liverpool fan, he ends up scoring. Mm. And like he's going ballistic, and everyone else is going ballistic. We're like, oh, finally, like, like weights off our shoulder because we was we was tired. We were getting tired them times there. Like when we get a goal, obviously everyone knows that once you get a goal, like all of a sudden your energy level just rises up, and like you're just full going, like you're full blasting. Like. So that happened, and then people like the the referees were like, holding, holding, did it, and we're like, what, what? No one was excited. And then he brought it back from two minutes or whatever where um, Scotty G was like high up and his ankle, it wasn't like, it was, bro, I'm looking at my feet now. I'm thinking, rah, like, so you're going to, you're going to disallow a goal for my pinky. What if I had a big pinky toe, bro? Do you know what I mean? It's Pete. It's, it's been controversial this year, man, but certain, certain teams are getting there's more decisions than others. I'm not going to name who. But you know, <laughs> it's just it's just happening. It's a bit, as you say, it's it's controversial, man. But yeah, it's 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 tight, and it? it's just kind of what the way it is, isn't it? But especially as a team like, like obviously with you guys, especially if there was not supposed to be VAR anyway, they bring in yeah. for a second leg. It's it's a bit mad, really. But at the same time, like even in the first leg, we could both their goal, both like when we play against them. It's mainly based on our errors. Mm. Do you know what I mean? We scored within two games. We scored two own goals. Mm. Yeah. And it, and we, obviously with the first game, it would have been it would have been done dusted because Jason scored two um two goals and 
we scored an own goal and a good phase of play from by them. Mm. You know what I mean? So we would have won the game 2-1 anyway. Mm-hmm. But, you know, it's football, isn't it? So it goes sometimes, you know. So. Nah, of course, bro. Yeah, man. So moving on to now, you've got your key business. Um, explain exactly what the business is. Okay, so I'm, I'm a promoter. So with ketones, like there's a ketone diet. So a lot, a lot of success comes from keto diets because it minimizes what you can actually eat, but maximizes um, your, health, your health in the sense where like you burn fat a lot quicker. You, you think clearer. There's, there's a sachet, what I'm doing, that you think clearer, you heal quicker because it's, it's repairing DNA. So what you're eating is healthy food that repairs DNA, it burns fat, and it does like a lot. A lot of people eat it. A lot of people with with like certain diseases, with like um, like um, diabetes and stuff like that. Like, yeah, yeah. Sorry, it's 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 hard it's hard it's hard for me to explain because there's so many things that it benefits. Like for me to put everything into words, like. I, I get I get overwhelmed because I'm getting like excited about it. Like, do, do you know what I mean? Like, I'm trying to think like, yo, like, what else can I just throw at you? But, but basically, like, there's a ketone diet, which is a very effective diet. It's like like anything else, but like, there's great re- results from it. And I got um, a female friend called Hannah that she's actually done the actual diet before she changed to the sachet form, and she was a size sixteen, size sixteen or maybe eighteen. And now she's a size eight, and this is all done within four or five months. So that's it's a massive transformation. And I'm not saying that she just had like just eight done like the diet and stuff. She's obviously worked out as well within that time period. But nevertheless, nothing like the results is phenomenal, but it's very hard to maintain. So what um, this company that I work work with do is that they made a sachet form where you can do everything everything that in keto diet but still have like a cheat day every now and again. Do you know what I mean? Because when you have like a keto diet, it's very strict. Like you can't eat, like you can't have a beer, you can't have a wine, you can't do anything like that. Like it's so strict. It's like militant like stuff. Which what? a lot of people a lot of people are gonna struggle to do. It's not like huh? a low carb or some or high protein. Like what is it exactly? What's the diet? Is it a specific thing or how does it work? So it they they it's like loads of loads of eggs, like loads of dairy stuff, basically. The mm-hmm. high in dairy, so you can allowed to eat cheese, like veg. So it's like meat and veg, basically, and how you do it. But you only allowed to have that. So imagine like in all the ingredients and all the foods in the world, you you're only allowed ten percent of that. Mm. Do you know what I mean? So it's very hard to maintain. Very very hard to maintain, and. So what they did was they formed a sachet form a formula that you can that will do the exact same thing as what the actual diet does, but you're allowed to you're allowed to have like every now and again like cheat days. You can go have a beer, you can have like a burger and stuff, but but still get the same results. And especially with um, parents and mums, single mums or but parents in general, like when they have their kids, they don't really have time to be cooking all the time or doing this and working out and going to the gym and stuff like that so it's like a replacement like for going to the gym all the time or spending time 
doing other things because you got the sachet. Okay, I got you. Yeah, you know I mean, so. Join the company. Like, why did you join it? You know, yeah, successful career right now. Shrewsbury. What made you think? Yeah, do you know what I want to be a promoter right now? Um, well, football's short, as we all know. Do you know what I mean? Like, one bad injury can 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 do. Do you know what I mean? So, and obviously, I've had loads of um players, teammates that's unfortunately that's happened to each other. like um Albert Owusu Ansa. He he damaged both his kneecaps, both his um legs and he was probably one of the coldest players I've ever played with. Do you know what I mean? But that's how he was an absolute baller. Like they call him Pele. They call him Pele what well, at Fulham they did. But like yeah. But yeah, like he was doing bits and then like stuff like that, like it can it can happen and it's upsetting that you see like big plays or like great players like that, and it doesn't work out for them because you see everyone boosting them from early doors, saying, "Oh yeah, you're gonna be the next best thing," and all mm-hmm. of a sudden you're not. But um, so yeah, it's just like another way of having residual income, and obviously I'm in that mindset where um, don't rely on one income, don't rely on because uh, who, who I don't know who said it, but. Someone, someone like them. So I might have think. I think it might have been Denzel Washington. You're one payday away. You're, yeah, you're one payday away from being broke. So like, if you lose your job, then like, what happens next? Do you know what I mean? Like, you're you're, you're stranded. If you're relying on that one income, and that and that goes, what happens? Do you know what I mean? No, it's true. There's a stat, isn't there? I think it's like what. Oh, I don't. Oh, top of my head, it's probably going to be wrong, but there's a high percentage of people who fall into that category like you know if, if they lost their job tomorrow it would be really difficult because a lot of people are living from paycheck to paycheck so as you say that importance of having multiple income streams is really key man yeah yeah 100 percent. and it's something that's health orientated so it's always going to be right on my street because even when football's football's finished like I still want to keep being in good condition I want to be in good shape and stuff like that like, so it's about self-care as well as it's helping other people to achieve their goals because that's what it is it's giving people the best opportunity to be in their most comfortable shape so well, other footballers involved in it with you yeah so Miles Weston there's um, Josh Parker there's um, I think Eventually, Bayer will will start getting into it, but like the, the only thing that we're pretty much waiting on is um, it's in, like making sure that it's informed sports and stuff. But everything that's inside it, it's all like healthy and organic. But and like if you get tested on, like obviously drug testers will come in and stuff for that. There ain't no illegal um, substances inside it for for you to get caught up on. But having that stamp from informed sport makes it so much easier because then a lot of people will be like, all right, cool, I'm going to take it because it's informed sport. Do you know what I mean? So um, I think that's what's in progress right now. Um, but yeah, like we're just trying to broaden broaden our um, our locations and attract more people and, and, and put people in perspective for what how beneficial it is in life. Yeah. Yeah. Because ever since I've, I've been taking it, like I've burnt, I've lost, I've lost weight because it uses your natural fat as its main energy source. So it kind of, it kind of starves you in a sense, but your, your, 
stomach thinks that it's full because it's using its fat as its energy source. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, so how, how can people get hold of the product? Um, I got a link. I got a direct link um, that you can just go go on my page and then um, yeah, and then just take take pick a flavor. And all the flavors are actually nice. In all honesty, like be being what it is that you're thinking. Oh, like most things that are good for you, like like the taste buds will be like very like it's nasty, but it's actually a good taste. I'll mm. show you. I'll show you. Hopefully, the signal doesn't go anywhere. So <laughs> Go. Yeah, but, um, well, I, I, I've just finished uh, um, a round. Um, yeah. You kindly donated what, yeah. six or seven. Um, and yeah, they're, they're all right, man. I think my first impressions of it was that definitely in terms of like my kind of thought processes and that. I don't know whether it was like placebo, but I, I think those, that week was probably the most focused I've been since I've been working from home during this period. Like, the kind of focus I had to my work to even editing the pod and everything like that. Like I was just so like the focus was just sick. I just felt better. Do you know what I mean? I felt I felt good. I felt healthy. Um but that was definitely the main benefit. Obviously we're gonna take it longer to get the full the full um benefits. But my first yeah, impression was definitely even from like a, a a kind of working perspective, my thought process was so clear on those days. It, it, was, it was it was great, man. I was so productive. Yeah, like, I mean, it, there, there's similar things what, like, loads of people, like, have in common. But then there's other things, like, like I said, like, my um, my three more friend, Hannah, she she lost it within four to five months. I got another person that's, like, he's diabetic, type 2 diabetes. And um, he was in red zone. So he was in a very dangerous place where he could possibly like have a heart attack and whatnot. Like, and he took this, he he took ketones, not necessarily this flavor or not, but um, and I think it was the next day or the day after, he checked his blood and that, and he was he was safe. He was in blue. Mm. Do you know what I mean? So, so it, it helps. And with sports related, like when you're playing a game, your body has to get into ketosis. So there'll be phases where like you may not start off the greatest because your body's in tune. It's getting ready to be in ketosis. So that's why like there's a lot of players or there's teams that sometimes do better in the second half than they do in the first half because their body's now in ketosis that they're actually ready to do things. Mm. So, and, and what this is, obviously it's ketones. So it's trying to increase the time period of you um, instead of it taking like say 20-25 minutes to get into ketosis having this that just before a game and stuff like it might take you 10 do you know what I mean so yeah. it's increasing time um, for, for you to even get into ketosis which is obviously a benefit because that, that helps you improve your game it's, yeah. and obviously it, it also helps repair DNA so it prevents you from injury as well so so yeah, so that's why I'm getting into it, and I think it's a it's a long term goal. I think yeah, it's a long term goal. So hopefully in the next five years, everyone's going to know about it, and hopefully I'm in a position where I can do seminars and what kind of stuff like and talk about it and expand it a lot more. Mm. 
Do you know what I mean? But like Josh Parker, who's um, a person that I will call up for information and ask for advice. Like he's because so, he's a vegan and stuff. Like he's very picky what he puts in his body and stuff. Like because mm-hmm. um, so when he's when he's explaining things to me and stuff, like he's telling me things in detail, like mm-hmm. utmost detail, and, I, and it's been ridiculous. Um, so whenever I need information and stuff, like I go to him or I go to Miles Western who like, they inform me in like all the new things and what the benefits and stuff for that. Like, but I got, um, I got a picture that I can, I can send you to, to show you like all the qualities and stuff like that as well. Like how, and how I got videos and stuff what, what people's reactions are to him. So, uh, but yeah, like in the next few years, a lot, a lot of sports will be using it because it's so, important to, to sports in general but okay. people don't know about it just just yet but hopefully soon it will make sure you send us that link man we'll, we'll put it out when we're promoting a pod yeah, oh yeah definitely definitely all right cool so have you got any other like businesses you know i think we were speaking of uh, about you know you wanting to get into property or you into property at the moment or? oh well yeah like i'm i'm starting to get into property right now but i'm doing more research and um because again like scotty g um he he's got his own company he's got his own projects and stuff like that like and i pick his brain because he's he's a knowledgeable guy like i we actually call him uncle uncle g and uncle scotty because even though he's even though he's like a few years older than us but like his mindset his knowledge is like fully grown like he's like he's lived a a whole life before us Mm -hmm. and um yeah just picking his brains art like seeing how to flip houses, how to benefit houses, what to do and all that kind of stuff. Like, so all them kind of stuff, I'm just getting myself into, but I want to make sure that I know every, every, um, I cover every angle before I start like committing and being like, cool, well, I'm going to do this now. I'm going to do this and that. And then that's going to make money from this and that. Do you know what I mean? So. Amen. Do, do you think, like you mentioned about, um, your teammate there as well. Is, is there a culture in football which nowadays is allowing footballers to pursue other businesses? So, you know, back in the day, and we've spoken to other players, it's always been like, now nah, you've got to focus on football, man. You've got to, everything else is, is a distraction. Do you think now the culture's improved where it's actually important that you do do that because you're thinking about after your career? Well, uh, yeah, of course. I'm not, I don't know about like, in the past and stuff, but then you'll have like players, like ex players and stuff that are, have already been been professionals and stuff. But what, what do they do after? Like, there, there's not many that are going to do going to like pundits or going to do commentary or anything like, like nothing. Most most people will go back to doing normal day to day jobs, and from living such like, and I say a luxurious life lifestyle and then football is done and you don't have like anything to back yourself back up with the the drop and the reality of things like it hits do you know what I mean it hits home and a lot not a lot of people take that easy because people always see them as being like the flashy cool guy having like the nicest cars nicest jewelry like every, like the surroundings is obviously epic and all that kind of stuff like mm-hmm. but then when all of that's gone no one's there to see it. No one's around no more. Like you become somewhat irrelevant. 
So you need to make sure, like, because it's not even just for you. It's like, obviously, people have families and stuff like that. So you need to make sure that you secure your family as much as anything. So, yeah, I think it's very important for people to have a, a back, not, not necessarily a backup, but like another way of making, making money, another business. Because life is short, football is short. You need, to, you need to gain connections and provide for family as much as you can. Nah, hey, bro. Right, listen, man, what we're going to do, we're going to wrap up with some quick fire questions, which we ask all our guests. Go for it. To get your kind of insight. So, so off the bat, straight off the bat, I should say, who's the best player that you've played with and why? Best player. And even throw in best player you've played against as well. Ooh, bro, that's a hard one, bro. Um... Don't worry about upsetting people, man. Just be honest, bro. <laughs> like, well, I'm, I'm trying to think. I'm trying to think. Playing playing against Jack Grilich, Jack yeah. Wilshere, back in the day when he was in his, um, when he was at Arsenal and stuff. Um, uh, well, you ain't yeah, gonna, uh, who? You ain't going to upset me, man. It's cool. Don't worry. Just... <laughs> yeah, hey, listen, listen. <laughs> If we're talking about when we're 10, 11, yeah, you're up, bro. You're right up there, bro. You're right up there. I'll tell you that. Um, well, I keep hearing from people you. that Manny, that Manny peaks like age 10, bro. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Man was banging it. If you understand how this guy used to banging goals, yeah, I was thinking man was in back pay, bro. <laughs> I just not getting these kids paid from age 10, bro, because that's when they can make their money, bro. I would have been, <laughs> you know what I mean? I thought you signed a pro. I thought you signed a pro at age 10, bro. I was I you broke nah, all the records. Just, yeah, do you know what I mean? They need to put him out on the first team. These days, you said Chelsea was in drought, you know. <laughs> like, we weren't scoring too tough them times. I'm thinking, yo, throw the kid on, bro. Like, nick a goal off the bench. Do you know what I mean? Hey, if you nick a goal, yeah, you'll be, listen, the richest kid in the world right now, bro. <laughs> I do not. First team one, just one goal alone, bro. Back then. <laughs> the best player, best player you yeah, played. Nah, this guy tried to distract from the conversation, bro. <laughs> Don't be shy, man. Um, best player that I played with. Um, Perth played with. I think Matt Grimes, who's he's the captain at Swansea. I think I, I just love the way that he played. Because I can literally give him the ball, one or two guys around him, and he always want it. And as a defender, you always want players that want the ball. Because then it makes your life easier. You don't have to do anything spectacular. You just give it, drop off, and let them do what they have to do. And I think he made my life a lot easier. Even though we were in like a losing side. But the way that he used to wiggle out of things, it was a joke. It was actually amazing. Man used to wear mold, you know. Where, where, where was that? Where did he play? Johansson. Oh, okay. Obviously, any, form, any form extra. Yeah, yeah. Any conditions, man's wearing molds and that. And I'm thinking, <laughs> how is this? How is he balancing and pivoting like he's Hazard and doing all this kind of stuff? I'm like, nah, but he's cold. Like his distribution is cold as well. Um, so yeah, I'll say him. I mean, there's other people, but off the top of my head, like he's the only one that really comes to mind. Like that. And so, yeah. yeah, Manny, did you play with Minecraft? No, nah, no, nah, he left the year before I got there. Ah, uh, okay. Were you with Gossy? 
Again? Would you with Gossi? Nah, excellent. Nah, nah. nah he'd, he'd have moved on by he'd have moved on by then because yeah, he moved to United quite early. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. But yeah, don't, so don't sleep on Exeter, man. The the production in the area. There's always one or two every year. Best manager you played under. Sorry. Best manager you played under. <laughs> okay, so don't be shy, but don't be shy. Best, best technical manager, Dean Austin. He's, yeah. Even, again, like, even though we was on losing team, but we were popping it. We were banging like banging teams, but we just couldn't score. So Dean Austin, in that manner, best. Like getting results manager, it's going to be um, Gary Pingsworth. Mm. Oh. So, yeah. See, you see that good man to play with. Um, what's the best game that you've played in? We've spoken about a couple before, but even even if it's not those, what's the best game? Um, like, maybe Bristol City could be one. Um, Playing against Aston Villa when we played them in FA Cup at theirs could be another. I mean, there's so many. No, I'm joking. <laughs> um, yeah, I'll, I'll say I'll say them two highlight me and like maybe Wembley as well. But mm. obviously, we lost that one, so we can't really talk about that too tough. Yeah. Calm. All right. So, what's your favorite book of all time? And if you're reading anything at the moment, what are you reading? Um. So I'm um, reading the book that you know, like the Last Dance that Michael jo- Michael Jordan was um, one of the authors was talking about. What's it called? Relentless. Wow. Right. Did my did my mom take my book? <laughs> right. There's teeth in my yard, you know. Um, <laughs> um, it's I think it's called Rich, Young, Black, and Famous. Okay. And um, yeah, that that. That's a good one that um, I started to read, but that's only recent. Uh, Rich Dad, Poor Dad, which everyone knows about. Um, again, that's like on the financial side of things. Um, and this done here. Big. Right. Tony Robbins. Yeah, yeah, just mentality and just beliefs and targets and stuff like that. Like, mm. Yeah, so I'm, I, I, like, I like to, do you know what I mean? Focus on the mind and that because the more you focus on the mind, strengthen it, making sure that you believe in whatever you do, I think it shows. But like when you play or perform or when you whatever you're doing, it's like you have that. I don't care what you think. This is what my my personality is. This is my perspective. And I'm going to execute it however I see fit. Do you know what I mean? So, what was what's the book called for for those listening? With no visual, no visual cues. Awakening. The Giants Within by Anthony Robbins. Big. But I want to, I think, um, what's that motivational speaker that I spoke about? Um, E.T. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think he's he's got a book I think might be coming out and I want to read it. But I actually want to go to one of his, um, one of his seminars because I know there was the stage where he was up in um, Hounslow or Twickenham or something like that. Yeah, Mm -hmm. but it was one of the days that I couldn't come down to London. But whenever he comes back, I wanna, I wanna go to one of his because I think with him, he says things with such aggression and such passion. Do you know when you go to like, uh, like a Baptist church and that and they're proper like preaching, they're proper like praying and stuff like that, like and they're like 
believe in everything here. You, you feel it. You, do you know what I mean? It hits you. You're like, yeah, yeah. And you, and you, and you walk out feeling empowered. You feel like, yeah, do you know what I mean? Like, and I feel like when I watch him and I want to listen to him and stuff, and he's like, pain is temporary. Do you know what I mean? Do one more. We'll do whatever. Like, I'm, weak. I'm getting up, you know. I'm getting up. Do you know what? I'm going for a jog. For the sake, it could be midnight. Where am I going midnight? But I could be going, I'll go for a jog. Listen to my music. Listen to like the uproar music that I listen to and stuff. Mm. Like, and, and I'll just like think about it and I'll just like work out. And I'm like, all right, cool. Percentages. Because everything in life is all about percentages. Like mm. 1%, like you're just improving, improving, improving. And then you'll see like a massive 10% percentage increase without you even knowing in a very short space of time if you just keep it in, in small doses. But yeah, like them kind of things is what I, I love to read and and watch. You should follow him on 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 Instagram as well. Like, like, I, I, I follow him, man. He, he's always got some good messages on there. Like you, you can't help but not be motivated by that, as you say. It's it's the conviction of the message, isn't it? Like at the end of the day, like anyone can say something. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, but yeah. like, is is how the message is conveyed, and and everything like that. It's, it's key. So. Yeah, hundred percent. Um, and do you know what Denzel Washington? Like, if you actually watch some of his like interviews and like maybe some of his speeches and stuff, like he's a major key person. And so is Will Smith. Like certain things that they say. Again, like I'll I'll show you a link. I'll send you a link of what a couple of things that I watch every now and again. Just like even if I feel like a little bit down or I feel a little bit not necessarily lost, but like feel. I'm motivated and I need someone to pick me up like I'll watch and listen to what they say mm. and bro I tell you now like sometimes I actually cuss myself thinking why am I even why am I even thinking twice like get up and do something do you know what I mean mm-hmm. and it's just like just a, a mentality that I just have now that it's just like every time I wake up I need to be a boss like I need to do something I need to like run things like and then like hopefully in, in a few years time where everything goes well for me like I'm looking back and thinking yo I done that do you know what mm-hmm. I mean and like you, you can you can feel proud of the hard graft that you do and stuff like that and the belief that you did and the mentality so fingers, fingers crossed like it happens isn't it no of course man you mentioned looking back what advice would you give to the 16 year old Ampere never go up keep going Everyone's gonna get knocked down. It's how it's how quickly you want to get up and, and fight. But because yeah, because a lot of people, a lot of players, they 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 hold they hold anger. Mm. And I was one of them people that used to hold anger. Like if I didn't, if something didn't go my way and stuff, like I'll be vexed for a long period of time. Mm. Vexed. Like when we didn't win, like say we don't look, we don't win. I'm vexed. Like no one can really talk to me. Mm. You know what I mean? Um, but now I use it as a I right, call. Cool. I'll go to the board. I right, call. Cool. Now I need to do this. Mm. Do you know what I mean? That's what the board's there for because it has bullet points of what I need to do next, mm. what what I want to do, and how am I going to improve and stuff like that. So if something like go right in the game, not necessarily like my performance, but it could be my performance. I'm going back to the board and I'm like, I right, call. Cool. So next train session, I'm doing this, this, and this. But come Saturday, clean slate. This is it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like I'm going at it. Mm. and it's just um, again like the belief that you just need to have in yourself because if you don't believe in yourself then no one else can help you 
Nah, it's no. true, man. Listen, that's that's inspirational, brother. Honestly. So to to wrap up, where where, where can people find you on the socials? You know, you Twitter, Instagram. Where where, where can where can listeners find you? Um, AJPF thirty one on Instagram. Um, it's also got my um the, the ketones link on there as well. I can't remember off by heart, but yeah. Cool. So I think it's just prove it, Aaron Pierre. But mm-hmm. like I said, like it's on the link on, on my actual Instagram. So follow that. Come. And see what happens. Cool. Now listen, man, Aaron, you've been a great guest. Uh, probably one of the best ones you've had, man. Just in terms of like, it's talking about mindset and the key, like, how important it is. Like, I can imagine she's talking to Manny, she yourself as well. Like football's like a tough game. Like you mentioned 85% of it's in the mind. You seem to have kind of got that cracked in terms of like how to mentally prepare. So you I know, mean, it's definitely it's inspiration. It comes with stages, though. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm I'm at a stage now where people see me borderline senior, so it had to I had mm-hmm. to go through all that stuff for me to understand where I am right now. So mm-hmm. it's all about progression. Mm-hmm. So yeah, nah, it's all good, man. Listen, man, we appreciate you coming on, brother. Thank you Thank very you. much. Thank you very much for your time. And guys, as I say. Hit us up on obviously we're on Twitter at the moment. So yeah, at Beyond Ath Pod. Remember to like and subscribe to all of our channels. Um, and yeah, we'll see you in the next episode, man. But no, Aaron, thank you very much. Uh, nice one. Thank you. Easy.